Chapter 10, Common Ground Which Is Not Neutral In the previous two studies, we have seen that the necessity of presupposing God's revealed truth in order to attain to knowledge of anything, from the chemical composition of water to the way of salvation, does not, number one, generate unreasoning arrogance, or, number two, deprive unbelievers of a knowledge of the world. A third charge against the epistemological position of Christian presuppositionalism is that it precludes meaningful discussion and successful argumentation with non-Christians. Allegedly, a presuppositionalist denies that there is any common ground between believers and unbelievers, and thus the apologist would have no point of contact with the unbeliever and no basis upon which he could communicate ideas. A proper response to this line of attack requires that we take account of, number one, the God whom we represent, number two, the sinner of whom we speak, and number three, the context in which we reason with him. The Lord God is creator of heaven and earth, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Our understanding should begin here. He has made everything, Exodus chapter 20 verse 11, Nehemiah chapter 9 verse 6, Psalm chapter 104 verse 24, Isaiah chapter 44 verse 24. In him were all things created, in the heavens and upon the earth, things visible and things invisible, Colossians chapter 1 verse 16a. All men are his creations, the rich and the poor, Proverbs chapter 22 verse 2. And the Lord has made all things for himself, Proverbs chapter 16 verse 4. All things have been created through him and unto him, Colossians chapter 1 verse 16b. His sovereign dominion extends over every single thing in the world. He works all things according to his counsel, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. And every minute of the day belongs to him, Psalm chapter 74 verse 16. He owns everything in creation, and every facet of life should serve him. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, Psalm chapter 24, verse 1. God declares whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine, Job chapter 41, verse 11, Genesis chapter 14, verse 19, Exodus chapter 9, verse 29, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 39, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14, etc. As Rahab confessed, the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Joshua chapter 2 verse 11. Thus the greatness, power, glory, victory, and majesty are his, for all that are in heaven and earth are his possession. 1 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 11. God's sovereign rule extends to the ends of the earth. Psalm chapter 59 verse 13. Over every soul. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4. Unto all generations. Exodus chapter 15 verse 18. Psalm chapter 10 verse 16, Psalm chapter 145 verse 13, Psalm chapter 146 verse 10. Therefore, the God who created all things rules over all, Psalm chapter 103 verse 19. In this case, everything in the created realm must serve, and be used to serve, the Lord Creator, of Him and through Him and unto Him are all things, Romans chapter 11 verse 36. There is not a square inch of the world, not a split second of time, that is not dependent upon, controlled by, and subservient to God. Hence, man is commanded to do everything he does to God's glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31. 
our bodies are required to be living sacrifices in God's service. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Indeed, everything we do, whether in word or deed, comes under this command. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17. Even the use of our reason or minds must be according to God's direction and for His glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 5. For His sovereign rule is inclusive of the areas of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3. So we see that quite literally in all things God is to be glorified. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 11. Because everything and every area is created and ruled by God, nothing is exempted from the requirement to be consecrated or set apart unto Him. We must be holy in all matter of living. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 15. The conclusion of this line of thought is forcefully evident. There can be no neutral ground between believer and unbeliever, between obedience and rebellion, between respecting and abusing that which belongs to God, i.e., everything. No man can serve two masters. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. He that is not with me is against me. Matthew chapter 12 verse 30. Therefore, there is no area in the world, in thought, in word, or in deed, which is irrelevant, indifferent, or neutral toward God and his demands. The Christian must recognize this fact as he deals with the unbeliever. There is no subject matter that he can discuss which is devoid of bearing upon the religious question or which is free of religious commitment. No demilitarized zone exists between the camp of unbelief and the forces obedient to Christ. God owns everything or nothing. Every area of life and every fact are what they are because of God's sovereign decree. And so there is no place a man can flee in order to escape the influence, control, and requirements of God. In God's world, neutrality is impossible. Furthermore, not only has God created all things for himself, and not only does he rule over every area, but he persistently and universally reveals himself to all men. God has never left himself without a witness. Acts chapter 14, verse 17. No man can claim ignorance of his Creator, for God himself has made what can be known of him manifest to every man. Romans chapter 1, verse 19. Indeed, his invisible attributes are clearly perceived through the created world. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. Here again, then, we must conclude that there can be no neutral ground no area which fails to exert revelational pressure upon the sinner. Wherever he looks, the sinner finds himself confronted by the God with whom he has to do. There cannot be a safety zone where the sinner can flee for refuge. If there were, the sinner would stay there permanently to escape his Maker. But there is no escape from God. Psalm chapter 139 verses 7 through 8. Thus, the Christian should be striving to bring unbelieving thinkers to a full realization of God's extensive claim upon them. The universally sustaining, universally reigning, universally revealing God of the universe has not, and cannot, afford the creation of even the slightest area of neutrality. Consequently, the believer is wrong to seek and presume to find a subject matter that will not challenge the unbeliever with the presuppositional demands we have discussed in previous studies. The hope that such a neutral topic or fact could become the starting point for an argument which progressively convinces the unbeliever of the truth of God's word by inches is futile.
Christ is the Lord, even in the world of thought. No fact, no area of knowledge or wisdom fails to drive home his requirements and manifest his sovereign control. The starting point for understanding is not neutrality, but reverence for the Lord. The foregoing considerations not only establish that there is no neutral ground between the believers and unbelievers, but also that there is ever-present common ground between the believer and the unbeliever. What must be kept in mind is that this common ground is God's ground. All men have in common the world created by God, controlled by God, and constantly revealing God. In this case, any area of life or any fact can be used as a point of contact. The denial of neutrality secures rather than destroys commonality.